0: Welcome to the River Downstream, our podcast. This is the first in a group of two interactive services, the second one being the first week of December, where we will walk through the Old Testament together with doodles. We want to make it a point to have all members of our congregation participate in learning about the Word of God, including our youth and children. Throughout the service, we had Andrea drawing on a whiteboard showing examples of what each symbol could look like. Feel free to follow along while you listen with your own pad of paper. And we strongly encourage everyone to come to part two of the interactive service the first week of December. There should be something for everyone. And now, for a couple announcements about what is happening this week at the river. Starting Wednesday, November 8th, Women on Wednesdays is moving online, and you can get in contact with Kathy for the Zoom meeting details, or find them in last week's Currents email. The meeting will start the usual time at 9.30am, and we are excited that you can join us for a time of fellowship with the Women at the River. Meal trains, we are still looking to fill spots for both families, and you can find those signups in an email that went out to our mailing list last week. There are also a few items on Cindy's list after the house fire that you can sign up to provide. You can find that link in the same email that you found the meal train sign up. If you want to sign up for currents or are not receiving them when you have in the past you can go to our website rivercommunity.ca and fill out a form there or send an email to admin at rivercommunity.ca so we can forward you a copy of the newsletter you missed just make sure you include which week you want a copy of in your message we will now take a moment of silence in recognition of november 11th this week but also the devastation of the wars happening around the world Pastor Dale will close this out with a prayer at the end before explaining the rest of our service.
1: Our hearts are raw, but perhaps not as raw as those that are engaged in conflict even now. So, Lord, we lift up all those who are living through the stress of war. We pray that you would be with them. We pray that in their dark valley that you would be near and dear to them, and that you would comfort them, that you would Lord, we pray for peace. We pray for an absence of hate. And we look forward to the day when there will be no more tears and no more crying. This we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so um, welcome back to our interactive uh, worship service. It's the first Sunday of the month where we ask all of our members to engage in the whole service for the benefit of learning from one another. We recognize that everyone has something to share. And everyone has something to model about faith matters. Especially because of your age, young or old. Especially because of your gender, your race, your background. We want to learn from each other and we want to grow ourselves. So thank you for joining us this Sunday. We have committed to working our way through a beautiful document called Our World Belongs to God. It's a contemporary testimony of faith and witness. So in September and October, respectfully, we covered the first two sections of that document, creation and fall. Today, in, uh, and then into December's service, we will dive into the redemption section of the testimony, stanzas 18 through to 22, if you happen to look it up online or you actually have a copy at home. So picking up where we last left off, Uh, with recognizing the devastation that has been created by our rebellion and turning away from God, i.e. the fall. Stanza 18 tells us that God, while justified in his anger, did not turn away from our world bent on destruction. Rather, he faced it with love, with patience, and with tender care. God set out on a long road of redemption to reclaim his lost children us. All of us. So together, as a staff, we decided the best way to engage in a discovery of that long road of redemption was that we would talk and walk you through the Old Testament. We decided that the best way to discover God's redemption efforts would be to connect the dots between all of the Bible stories, right from the fall, all the way up to God's ultimate effort to restore His people through His the gift of His Son, Jesus Christ. So this is going to take two services to accomplish. So today, we are going to end with Joshua by the Jordan River. And then next month, we will pick up with the Israelites in the Promised Land. I'd like to turn it over to Paul who and Leslie, who will lead us in an intro song. And Paul will also share a few insights about what we are doing here today.
2: Well, good morning, friends. Good to see all your bright, smiling faces. And Jared as well. It's also nice to see him. Well, this morning, as, as uh, Pastor Dale said, we're going to be uh, going through a, a large chunk of, uh, of Scripture. We're going to be covering a lot of ground. And uh, I wanted to just say this at the, at the very beginning. Um, you know... The, when, when, we're, when we're reading scripture, I, I heard it once uh, said to me, and I've carried this with me um, for, ever since, really, uh, but reading the, reading the Bible is a lot like uh, listening in on a, on a phone conversation. Like you're in the room, and somebody's having a conversation, and you're listening in, right? You, so you, you kind of pick up on what's being said. You know the story, but a little context goes a long way when you know what's happening on the, on the other side. And so, as we read through uh, this this narrative uh, this morning, you're gonna know that it's taken from a whole slew of of uh, biblical writings, and they are they're, they're they cover a ton of different genres, like poetry and like myth and like history. There are lots of different kinds of genres that are that are being written and they all have really the same purpose in mind and that is to convey who God is the truth of who God is and what God's hope is for humanity and for creation and and also what we can do, how we can respond well to knowing uh, who this God is. And so uh, I want to encourage you as we uh, go through this morning to, to just keep that in mind, uh, that this is uh, a story about who God is and conveying the truth about what God, uh, who God loves and the creation that God loves and redeems.
1: So uh, let's begin, shall we? All right. In the beginning, God. We choose a triangle as a symbol of God because of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. The three faces of the triangle reflect the three faces of God that we see revealed in the Bible. In the beginning, God created all things. We choose a circle because it reminds us about the earth, the sun, the moon, the universe. We choose a circle because it reminds us about the harmony that God instilled into all created things. Light and dark, land and sea, trees and air, fish and birds, people and water, all created things in harmony. Did you draw all that into that circle? (laughs) That was a lot to put into the circle. God chose Adam and Eve as the very first representatives of his chosen children. In the beginning, Adam and Eve had a complete and unbroken relationship with each other and with God himself. How is your drawing of Adam and Eve? How's it going for you over there? It's coming along? All right. It is within this relationship with God that we see the beginning of the grand narrative. God connects. No, no, no. He commits himself to us. It is here that we see the heart of God. It is here that we see God connecting himself to the hearts of his people. And so it's a solid line that we draw to illustrate that connection, that commitment. The second scene in the grand narrative is about to unfold. A tree represents for us the garden of Eden. And on that tree is fruit. This fruit holds knowledge of good and evil. God asked Adam and Eve not to eat of this fruit. In essence, he was saying to his children that he is their everything. They did not need more than their relationship with him. He is enough. But Adam and Eve listened to the serpent. And they chose to eat some of that fruit. They disobeyed God. They turned their back on God. They chose for themselves when they listened to the serpent. I invite you to draw another triangle and heart connected by a solid line, but this time write the word sin across the line. Sin is the word that we give to our rebellion against God, and our sin broke God's heart. Our relationship with God has been broken. And our sin stands in the way of us being complete with God. So while He is our everything, we had chosen other things to fill our lives. Our hearts were broken then too. In the first three chapters of Genesis, we see the grand narrative beginning to take shape. Creation was full and complete But our fall into sin damaged the harmony that God instilled into creation. Stanza 18 of the contemporary testimony tells us that God, while justified in His anger, did not turn away from our world bent on destruction. Rather, He faced it with love. Remember that word, love. With patience and with tender care, God set out on a long road of redemption to reclaim His lost children, us, all of us. It is this redemption story that we look forward to next in the bigger story. Looking forward with wide-eyed anticipation to what the Lord has next in our story of redemption. Please take a moment to draw those two eyes on the top of your page. God did two things, two gracious things that illustrate that redemption was coming. First, He clothed Adam and Eve with animal skins to cover their shame. God loved us so much that He was willing to cover their shame. Then God spoke a promise of redemption. He said that a day is coming when a man will be born of Eve and would restore the relationship between God and humanity. So those eyes at the top of the page remind us to look forward to the coming Savior. I invite you to turn to page 3 at this time. How are you doing with page two? Did did you get it all filled? No? We went too fast? Okay, we're just prepping you for page three. Page three. Are you ready? We're choosing not to dwell too much on this page, so in the interest of time, but here is where we learn about Noah and the flood and the rainbow. So you may wish to speed draw these items, all right? Are you ready? Noah. Maybe he's holding a hammer and a trowel. (laughs) The ark. The ark. Maybe it is a boat shape or it is a box shape. Your choice. And the rainbow. The rainbow. It is God's reminder to us that he loves us. So when you see a rainbow in the sky... Please remember that God loves us a lot. All right, did you get page three done? (laughs) I'll pause. All right, looking good out there. I see a few people still looking up at the front, checking it out. Okay, we turn to the next page in the chapter of our story. So please draw some eyes at the top of your page, page 4, to remind yourself that we are looking forward. On this page, we will see how God truly begins to set up his plan for redemption. At this point, God's created peoples had spread out across the known world. Ten generations after Noah, God chose Abraham to begin the plan for a savior born of a woman. Abraham. Would you draw Abraham with the beard or not? Okay. You bet. God sets Abraham and his wife Sarah apart To begin the family tree from which the Messiah would be born. So I invite you to also draw Sarah beside Abraham. How's your stick people doing? (laughs) Does she have a beard? (laughs) No, I don't think so. All right. God sealed a promise to Abraham and his family that they would be the chosen peoples on earth to illustrate the goodness of God to all peoples. This promise is called a covenant. And we choose a triangle with a reversed triangle to show that covenant. An upside down triangle, which is the mirror image of God himself. I see that Andre has already drawn one at the bottom of the page there. This is better known as the Star of David. This image reflects the promise of a restored relationship back to God. So if a triangle represents the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, what does the triangle of the humanity represent? Any guesses? Anybody want to guess what the three faces of the triangle represent? the upside-down, the mirror image of God? My answer would be that the three sides represent the commands to love God, love your neighbor, and love yourself. Okay, so Abraham and Sarah entered into a covenant with God. And the first fruit of that covenant was a son named Isaac. The firstborn son to Abraham and his wife, Sarah, is Isaac.
0: And some of us know the meaning of Isaac or the name Isaac is laughter or he will laugh, which means it was time to play a game with the whole congregation.
3: So we are going to split the room into two. So like we're going to consider this the middle. This is going to be team number one, and then on this side, you're going to be team number two, and ladies, we're having a laugh-off. So we'll start with team number one, and they are going to do their best laugh that they can do, and then team number two, you are going to see if you can laugh better than team number one, and then judges, you need to decide together which is the winning team. Understood? Okay. So... Let's go, team number one. Did you he hear that? Okay, okay. Okay, so let, let's see if team number two can laugh as well. Okay, we'll give the judges a minute to talk with each other. Do we have a winning team? Team number two. Oh. Dale. <laughs> All
1: right. Who knew that Isaac would cause so much laughter? <laughs> All righty, coming back to Abraham and Isaac, the story continues through Isaac's son named Jacob. Any game show here, Andrea? No, no. Okay. Jacob it is. He is the third person that we are drawing on our timeline. And God continues his covenant with and through Jacob. Jacob is renamed Israel, a name which means to struggle with God. And I think that's true of all of us. We all struggle with God at some time in our life. Jacob, or shall I say Israel, had 12 sons and one daughter. Oh, look at you, you're already ahead of me. If the 12 sons, it is the 12 sons who become the nation of Israel, 12 tribes that the covenant continues on through. And we are reminded of those eyes looking forward. There are 12 sons. Of which son would the Messiah eventually be born? Speaking of eyes looking forward, let's turn to page 5. Page 5, and there I invite you to draw a set of eyes again at the top. One of Jacob's sons, Joseph, was sold as a slave by his brothers into Egypt. Egypt. So, on the second portion in your page, I invite you to draw three triangles for Egypt. Now, why would we draw three triangles for Egypt? Any guesses? Pyramids, Pyramids, yes. There are two tall pyramids and one half-sized pyramid. Khufu was originally 481 feet high. It is called the Great Pyramid. The second highest is Kafri at 471 feet, and Menkare is 213 feet tall. This is our representation of Egypt. Joseph, a slave, became the second in command in the whole country. He is second only to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So how would you draw Joseph? Is he wearing a multicolored coat? You know the story? He's not. No? Maybe he's holding a crook and a flail. Anybody know what a crook and a flail are? A crook is like a shepherd-like staff, but it's really kind of like more like a a tall candy cane. It's about this big. And in his other hand, he would be holding a flail, which is a whip-like item. Both of those items show the power of Pharaoh when they have uncovered Pharaoh in his tombs he is has his arms crossed and he has these two items in his hands but it's through Joseph's influence and power that his whole family his father his brothers their wives and all their children that they all moved into Egypt it was there that Joseph gave them the most fertile land to live in The land of Goshen, the delta plains of the Nile. The Israelite nation then lived for so long in Egypt that the Pharaoh forgot who they were, and he forced them into slavery. The Egyptians were cruel to the Israelites, and their lives became hard, so hard that they cried out for a deliverer. They cried out to God for a savior. A savior, a foreshadow of the Messiah to come? This time it was a boy named Moses. Moses, you could draw him holding a tall shepherd's staff. During Israel's bondage, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, became afraid of the numerous children of Israel and ordered that all of the Hebrew baby boys be killed. Moses was born at this time to a Levite couple. And to protect Moses from certain death, his mother placed him in a basket in the Nile River, where he was found and adopted by the princess of Egypt. Moses, his name means to be drawn from the water. Moses grew up in Egypt, and at the age 40, he killed an Egyptian while trying to protect a Hebrew. After that, Moses fled to Midian, And lived there as a shepherd. At age 80, God appeared to Moses in a burning bush and commissioned him to deliver the children of Israel out of bondage. So let's turn the page to page six, if you're all with us, where we once again draw those googly eyes to remind us to look forward to the Messiah. So googly eyes at the top. Now let's draw the 12 tribes again. 12 circles. Moses returned to Egypt, but he was unable to convince Pharaoh to let the children of Israel go. So God sent 10 plagues on the land of Egypt to show the Pharaoh and all of Egypt that he was the God most high. Following the 10th plague, in which Pharaoh's own son died, Pharaoh let the children of Israel go out of Egypt. Their bondage in Egypt was finished. So now you can draw the 12 tribes freed from their chains. How would you do that? Freed from their chains. Moses was a good man that God worked through to help his children escape slavery in Egypt. Please draw again the three pyramids. Their names were Khufu, Kafre, and Menkare. Now add an arrow going up and to the right. And above the arrow, please write the words, promised land. When Pharaoh realized what he had done, he changed his mind and pursued the children of Israel. Stopped in their tracks by the Red Sea, God parted the sea. So the Israelites crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. But Pharaoh's army was drowned when they tried to follow. The children of Israel marched through the wilderness on their way to the promised land. God led the children of Israel with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night okay the Israelites are in the wilderness and God gave his children the law and the promises the law written on two stone tablets was to teach them how to live to please God and how to properly worship him oh you've got your you're on top of this very good The promises that God spoke reminded them of the blessings that would come when they lived in harmony with God and with each other. Two tablets.
3: You know, Dale, before we get too comfortable in our seats, doesn't it feel like it's game time again?
1: (laughs) What? what, Game time? Again?
3: Yeah, yeah. I feel like this is a good time for a game. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, so adults, phones need to be put away. This is the time where we find out how many of us can remember the Ten Commandments. So it's going to work like this. We're going to have these three tables as team number one. And everybody who's sitting over here. We're going to have these three tables, team number two. And this row of three tables as team number three. Now I need a couple helpers. I need some people to hold some of these tablets up. So you're gonna stand here with a tablet and a marker. Now, you are, when I say go, I love how I say that and all of the adults stay sitting down. When I say, when I say go and mess hall, everybody just goes right away. <laughs> um, so when I say go, the rule is this, one person from your team at a time may run up, grab the marker and add one of the 10 commandments. Then you'll leave the marker with your helper and somebody else can run up. And the first team to complete all 10 commandments without the help of your phone will win. Are you guys ready? No, they do not need to be in order. You just need to cover all the 10 commandments. Sure, you automatically win if they're in order. (laughs) On your marks, get set, go.
0: worth mentioning at this point that the original game show took just over two minutes. For ease of listening, that's not going to appear in this podcast. So all you need to know up until this point is that we are looking at winners team number one.
3: Okay, let's see if they've got them all. Love the Lord your God. Do not lie. Do not steal. Do not murder. Honor your parents. No adultery. No graven images, keep the Sabbath holy, no coveting, and do not use the Lord's name in vain. Good job, team one.
1: So I think this uh, side was stacked with some extra people on the couches, right? That was, that was the answer? <laughs> All right, Andrea, that was a good game to play. So in addition to the law, God gave Moses instructions on how to build a tabernacle. Andrea, is that how you draw a tabernacle? Okay. (laughs) I love the uh, uh, aspect that you have a single pyramid on top of it. A single triangle. It's the place where God lived among his people. What you have there represented is the outer walls, then the inner walls, and the triangle represents the Holy of Holies there in the center. The tabernacle was a place of worship and sacrifice. It was the place where God himself lived among his people. The structure was mobile so it could be moved when the people of Israel moved. With this mobile tabernacle, a visible symbol that God is with us, the Israelites move to the edge of the Jordan River, which lies across which lies, sorry, the Promised Land. So let's turn to page seven. If you got page six done, let's turn to page seven, and don't forget to draw those googly eyes. What do they remind us to do? Look forward, yes, to see how this redemption story will turn out. Googly eyes, yep. You bet. As the children of Israel arrived at the border of the promised land, then called Canaan, Moses sent 12 spies into the land to bring back a report regarding the people, the cities, and the land. 12 spies. That's an interesting number, 12. So please draw 12 circles. When the spies returned, they gave a mixed report. Ten spies reported that the people were too strong to be conquered. Uh Uh-uh, we're not going there. But two spies, Joshua and Caleb, encouraged the people to trust in God and to enter into the land. So it's ten against two. Oh, man, you guys, you're breaking my flow.
2: (laughs) Don't worry, we'll sing it nice and slow so everybody can learn it. Take it. E- we'll take it easy on you.
4: <laughs> A little faster. Twelve men went Twelve to spy and on King. Ten were bad and two, two were good. What do you think when the saw King? Ten and were bad and two, two, two were good. Two Some, two were two two good. Two Some saw giants and big, big and tall. Some saw grapes with clusters oh, Some saw God was in it all Ten were bad and two were good
2: Oh yeah? Okay, alright
4: Twelve men went to spy on and Ten were bad and two were good What do you think they saw in Canaan? Ten were bad and two were good some such diets big and tall. tall. Some sock grapes
2: with clusters ball. Some in it all can work and at it to, to work. Glow. I mean that's good. that's gotta be good, right? I don't think we can go any faster than that probably. Right? <laughs> what? Are you you guys are crazy? <gasps>
4: Twelve men went to spy on and ten were bad and two were good. What do you think we saw in and ten were bad and two were good. Someone's grown up, speaking and speak some saw great with clusters fall. Some saw God was in it all, ten
2: were bad and two were good. Okay, but that has to be it, right? That has to be it.
4: What? Jeez! ten to smile, Kate, and ten were bad and you were good. What do you think they saw in Kate, and ten were bad and you were good. Some saw giants big and tall, some saw graves with busters fall. Some saw God was in it all, ten were bad
1: and you were good. Thank you. Whew, I got to catch my breath after that. Well, ten were bad and two were good. What was God to do? So back into the wilderness they went. There they wandered for 40 years. 40 years. Imagine being born in the wilderness and wandering in a desert your whole life. Who here is 40 years old? Exactly 40 years old. Who here? He just turned 40. I remember that. Imagine that you have lived your whole life and hearing about the promised land and knowing that it's just across the river, the river on the other side of Mount Nebo, are you eager to go? Fair. Yes. Good. How about somebody who's 60 years old? You were 20 years old when you entered into the wilderness and now you've lived there for 40 years and you know the river is just on the other side of that mountain. Over that is the promised land. Are you eager to go? More than eager. All right. Let's do it. Okay, there is much to be said about that wilderness experience. And if you want to know more about it, talk to Nathan and talk to Ed and they'll tell you all about it. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the time in the wilderness was a time of God training his chosen people to live like the image of God that they were. So now, after 40 years, it was time to move into the promised land. And at the end of the 40 years in the wilderness, Moses died at the edge. God appointed Joshua to be the next leader of the children of Israel. Joshua had been an apprentice to Moses. You remember, he was one of the two good spies. Joshua was a warrior I imagine Joshua with a sword in one hand and a shield in the other. How did you draw, Joshua? Okay, we're almost at the end of the first half of our redemption story. The promised land was just over that river Jordan. The promised land is also called a land flowing with milk and honey. So maybe draw a jug of milk, a jar of honey... And some grapes. So why milk? Milk reminds us about goats who provide milk to the Israelites. Why honey? Because honey represents the pollination of all the many crops that will feed the Israelites. Why grapes? Because a land flowing with grapes represents the abundance of the plenty that the Israelites will enjoy. But milk and honey, those two items together, remind us about harmony. Don't know if you've ever thought about that before, but those two words remind us about harmony that will exist between the ranchers and the farmers. The land is so prosperous that the goats are content to stay on the hills and they will not come into the valley to eat the crops of the farmers. So now in this land there is harmony between the ranchers and the farmers. Harmony. A sign of the promised relationship that will be restored when God comes through with his promise. Okay. We are at the end. The Israelites are itching to get over the river Jordan. Elder Senior Ed and younger elder Nathan, have said so. They're eager to go. And Joshua is ready to lead them. And I think it's a fitting image to pause at. Joshua, does anyone know how to say his name in Hebrew? Yeshua. Oh, (laughs) that's even better. (laughs) I'm going to say Yeshua because I couldn't, couldn't repeat that. <laughs> Who else has the name Yeshua? Jesus. It is the same name. Jesus is English for that same name, Yeshua. And so we stop at a place where Yeshua is at the river Jordan. It is an image of the future when Jesus also will stand by the river jordan so let us pray then paul and leslie will lead us in one more song and then i'll bless you and we'll be free to depart um you're free to uh, join us for the uh, daniel diet meal that we're about to engage in daniel is the theme of uh, the series that we're into right now so please stay if you can we love it heavenly father we thank you for this redemption story We heard about creation, we heard about fall, and yet you came through and you want to redeem us because you love us so much. You gave us promises of restoration with you. You gave animal skins just outside of the garden. You gave a rainbow after a downpour. You gave us laughter in the face of emptiness. You gave us a baby drawn from water during bondage. You gave us instructions on how to live well with you and with each other. And you gave us a promise of plenty when we are surrounded by a desert. We look forward to living into your redemption story. Lord, we thank you for the harvest that we are about to eat. May it remind us of your great promise to be with us and for us, especially in face of a hostile world. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this recording. Just a reminder that you can find our website at rivercommunity.ca. There you can find our events calendar with information about upcoming messages and gatherings, or sign up for Currents. Feel free to send us a message on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Our services start 10 o'clock Sunday mornings, and you are welcome to come early for coffee, tea, and bagels. Have a great week. Bye-bye.